Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music Episode 75, the Uniform Polyhedra episode. Very excited this week to have singer-songwriter Kevin Daniel on the show. Kevin is a singer-songwriter now out of New York, but he is originally from North Carolina, Eastern North Carolina, which is where I'm originally from, and he is coming through North Carolina, Western North Carolina, and Mid and Eastern North Carolina in January, uh, doing a couple shows. For information on that, check the show notes and Facebook page, and also go to Kevin Daniels' uh, Facebook page. Uh, that's uh, facebook.com slash thekevindaniel. And I'm just remembering that I forgot to ask him if he went to Ohio State. I will follow up with that. Kevin has been singing and playing music since he was five years old, uh, including playing in state symphonies. He plays the saxophone. He plays a, a plethora of other instruments as well. He's played all different kinds of music from jazz to punk to ska and primarily now plays Americana music. He's got a very interesting story. Uh, he was nice enough to let us use some tracks off of his most recent album, which is called Things I Don't See, and that is available pretty much everywhere you get music and also at his website, thekevindaniel.com. It's available as a CD on vinyl and as a digital download, and also you can find his uh, other album and EP there as well. And here is Kevin Daniel. Yeah, the first step you take is the last one away from your youth Your parents will cry but you'll smile on the way to your room And the friends you make on that very first day may well be the ones saying prayers at your grave And all you see is it Well, now love Kissing on lips when there's no words to say And oh, I see it Twenty-two, I don't remember you Yet I still manage to learn things I'll never forget My heart ain't Yet I still manage to learn things I'll never 
who arranged the strings and also I wanted to mention that you know for you know you're kind of you're an Americana musician and the strings um, somehow have an Americana feel to them especially like the low strings had kind of a, a beat to them which you don't hear a lot with strings so. <laughs> yeah thanks man I really really like that song um, it's one of my favorite songs on the album and it's one of the I knew that I wanted to do a song um, I knew I wanted to do a song that really featured just me and like some instruments like just no backup vocals like no crazy horns no drums it's me and like a very limited instrument um situation and so 22 was arranged by this man named Troy. he was connected with me by ben rice who runs degraw sound which is where i recorded half of this new album and uh, i told him i wanted some strings and he's like i got the guy and i connected with Troy, and i told him the vibe that i wanted and i sort of like gave him a rough cut of the song just guitar and he got back to me and maybe three or four times we went back and forth and the fourth time i was like this is it and then he brought in four um strings that he knew so it was i think it was two violas a violin no two violins a viola and a cello um so that those deep notes are coming from a cello and it's beautiful i mean it's the only the only regret I have is that it's, it's, it's kind of hard to replicate that. Um, yeah, that was my next you know, question, if you've I, been able to do it live with strings. I have not. I'm definitely not against doing it, and I like know that I want to, but I also think that it has to be a special occasion. You know, like It's got to be something really special for me to bring people up for something like that. When I perform it live, I usually honestly just play it solo. <laughs> Even if I'm with the band, I just give the band a break and I play it solo.
I need was most of the albums, most of the songs for this new album were recorded live, but there were a lot of things added later. So like, I think the drums, for all I need, I believe that guitar, drums, bass, and vocals were all recorded live. Um, but then we added other things. So we definitely went back over. I think there is a baritone guitar in there. We added some, maybe even some pedal steel in there. All I need, I actually wrote in high school. And then I, I've recorded it like three different times. And every time I've recorded, I've been like, this is not right. This is not right. Um, and so this last time, I recorded it at DeGraw Sound, and he brought in this guy, Anthony Cruzan, who actually, sorry, I brought in Anthony. I know Anthony personally. He is a former guitar player for the Spin Doctors. Oh, yeah. He also plays a lot around Jersey and New York. He's a producer. He has a studio. He's just like, he's a genius. He's so, so smart. And he's also an amazing guitar player. So Anthony Cruzan is kind of the featured player on that. Um, and yeah, I love that song. It's really, really fun to play live. It's one of my favorite songs. I actually think that that is one of the few songs that I will say I think sounds better live than it does on the album because it's like such a rocking song and it, it's really hard sometimes to capture that on an album, um, but it's very easy to show how much you rock that song out when you're playing it live. And just, you know, people love slide guitar, so I think it just speaks to people. It's about, you know, it's about, um, all I need is about basically like, liking somebody or being in love with somebody or having an infatuation with somebody and them just like not even being aware of it. Not only do they not like requite it, but they don't even know that it's happening. Oh, yeah. So I guess in high school I was feeling a little email, but I thought it was a good song. So I kept working on it. Just uh, real quick, just tell me, um, tell me about yourself and uh, kind of your musical uh, history. I'm originally from Tarboro, North Carolina, which I see you're from Wilson. So right down the road. And um, I've been in New York now for 10 years, but uh, I've been playing music my entire life. I started playing when I was a little kid. My first instrument was piano. I've been singing pretty much my entire life. Um, got a guitar when I was 13. Been playing saxophone since I was a little kid. I mean, I've just played in everything. I've done like jazz, blues, bluegrass. I even played bagpipes in high school. I just sort of, for a long time, tried to figure out what I was into and, you know, where my skills lay. And I had been writing songs the whole time. And uh, by the time I got to New York, I ended up playing in a bunch of other people's bands. And, you know, I was always sort of like either a guitar player or the saxophone player or the backup singer or something, but I was never really the lead guy. And I had all this music that I had written and I just was like, I think it's time, you know? Like I, uh, I moved to New York and about six years ago, my mom and my stepdad were in a plane crash um, in North Carolina, actually. The plane crashed over Winston-Salem, and they both died immediately. And uh, so something like that can really change your life very quickly and change um, what your priorities are. And I decided that it was time for me to focus on music. So um, I really doubled down. I recorded my first album recorded my second album and then about two years ago I started doing music full-time and then I recently put out my first full-length album um, uh, in September so that's sort of everything up to date right now I'm writing love songs the city that's it. Hallelujah till she washes away 
So City That Saves, I always told myself that when I moved to New York, I would never write a song about living in New York because it just seemed really cliche and that everyone does it and it's not really that good usually. So I eventually it just like it ended up happening. You know, I just couldn't fight it. Like so after my parents passed away and I was living in Bushwick, which is in Brooklyn, I just felt like I was like really, really down, obviously. I was really depressed, I was grieving, I was in a, I was in a pretty dark place. Um, and New York was part of the reason for that, but it was also part of the reason that I was able to come out of that. Um, so it was also part of the reason that I was able to sort of like wake up and get back into my life and like come out of this like darkness that I was in because there's just so much going on in New York that it pulled me out of it. And so the city that saves is sort of a reference to, you know, I think it's uh, writing love songs for the city that saves, that's New York, because it saved me. Hallelujah till she washes away, because New York is gonna be underwater one day. <laughs> um, she gave me power in my darkest hours. Uh, she'll hold me gently when I enter my grave. So, you know, it's sort of just like the idea that New York City is to me like a living creature. You know, she's, a, she's alive and, and she can take care of you, but she can also hurt you, you know? So she's not all good, she's not all bad. She's like people, you know, there's a little bit of good, there's a little bit of bad. And um, it's also, there's some lyrics in there that reference um, my early moving to New York, what I originally moved here for a woman that I was in love with, who I thought I was gonna marry, who then uh, broke up with me a couple months after I moved here. Um, you know, there's a reference. And then sort of like the style of the song is sort of plays homage. It's, it's a little bit swingy and a little bit big bandy. And that sort of pays homage to uh, to my roots in New Orleans. I don't personally have any roots in New Orleans, but my brother and sister were born in New Orleans. My dad and my mom lived there for quite some time. And it's like a big part of my family's like culture and life. And so I sort of like wanted to pay a little bit of love to New Orleans and had like a nice, this little trumpet solo at the end and some big crash cymbals and stuff. Didn't 
liked about this more like all your songs are like this but this one especially you know the name of it's feeling good the lyrics you know relate to feeling good and then also the music it has a feel good sound to it so i'm not going to ask you the cliche what came first music <laughs> or lyrics but i was just curious uh if that you know if like you set out to write a feeling good song or if the you're writing the music and you're like hey this feels good or you know what the process was there you know it's funny feeling good was my attempt at writing a song that was supposed to be positive you know like oh i'm feeling good things are okay um but it actually is like kind of a downer song and like it's in a minor key it's kind of a minor song it's uh you know which naturally lends to a little bit of a sad feeling and the lyrics other than i mean the lyrics aren't really very positive the only positive lyric in it is i'm feeling good and i think it's kind of like actually set in sarcasm um, you know, it's the song itself is about just ha- like struggling and sort of being like, you know what, but whatever, like, I'm fine, like, I'm going to get through it. You know, it's about growing up in the South and the troubles I had with that. It's about, um, you know, my, when my parents got divorced and going through all that stuff with my parents. And it's just like, but at the end of the day, like, if I hunt you down, will it make you proud? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm going to find my way. I'm going to make you stay. So it's sort of like being like, oh, this relationship that like nobody really wants to be in anyway, and I'm going to feel good about it. So the whole song is sort of like not really positive. I'm going to, I'm going to edit the song. in my opening so that it sounds like I understood that from the beginning. So, so <laughs> no, that's I'll saying. This is a really yeah, sarcastic I mean, song. Feeling good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, you know, there's probably some positive parts to it, but the, the, I really like my favorite part about, uh, feeling good is the intro and the ending. I just love that. Like, we had a horn section come in for that, a really great group of, group of guys that I know. And I just think it came together really well. That song is, uh, that song's like a dark horse favorite. Like some people will tell me that that's like their straight up favorite song on the album but it's it's not most people's favorite song (laughs) i think it's the first song on the album and i think that's why we put it on there is because i felt that has a really strong beginning um and i felt i wanted to start the album out strong we're looking at the stars maybe Sometimes I pray for loss of my thoughts and all that's gone. They say it's they that makes a man. They do only who I am. I would prove that they were wrong.
I think the song is a little different than some of the other songs that I've written. I think it's a little less country, a little less Americana, and a little bit more just like rock. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably reflected in my voice naturally, just the way that I sing it. I, I love this song. I think Jupiter is a pretty cool song. It was based on a pretty simple premise, which is basically like there's this line in The Wedding Singer where um, I can't remember which character says it, but they basically describe love as letting your partner have the better seat on the airplane. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I guess in the movie, the better seat was by the window so they could see outside. And, uh, and it sort of started that. So the bridge is, is it all right? if I take the side with the view is one of the lines and then like everything else in the song has like nothing to do with that (laughs) so um and it's called Jupiter just because you know the first line is like I'm looking at the stars maybe Jupiter ours and then there's a line in there the only time I'm calm is when I drink till I am numb and one day I'll go too far that's actually a reference to a sublime song where I can't remember I think it's called maybe it's pool shark or maybe it's dinosaur um, and it's in reference to his own heroin addiction, actually. And he says, uh, one day I'm going to lose the war. And um, ultimately, that is what and happened. Did, yeah. So, yeah, so this is sort of like my own confrontation with my struggles with addiction, which I'm usually pretty open about. Um, I've struggled with addiction since I was a little kid. And, you know, I still I still struggle with it. So for me, this song was sort of about about my addiction, about, um, you know, totally randomly being about letting somebody have have the better seat on the airplane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit about growth and stuff too. But also I just, I don't know, I love it. I think it's a really cool song. I, like, I think the arrangement of it and the structure of the tune is, is different than anything else on the album. More from Kevin in just a few moments. I uh, do notice that, you know, there's a lot of uh, noise, background noise on the interview parts. And I apologize for that. I uh, did try to correct it a little bit, but it just sounded too weird trying to correct it. So I just left it like it is. I feel like it's uh, it's at least uh, as easy to listen to as if you were talking to someone in a cafe or on the street or something like that. In fact, I kind of like it, and I might just add that background noise into all the interviews from now on. We'll, we'll see what happens. want to remind you that Kevin's new album is out on Spotify and iTunes, and uh, you can find it at his website, thekevindaniel.com. Also, it's available with uh, hard copies with CD and vinyl. And also you can find his uh, previous recordings there as well. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, WNC Original Music, wherever you get your podcast. You can also tell Alexa to play it. Just say, Alexa, play podcast WNC Original Music. Also, you can find WNC Original Music on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Uh, Make sure to go there for extras, including short and full-length videos from the episodes. Make sure to support local music. Go out and find local music wherever you live. Either uh, go out and see it live, hear it live, or support your local musicians by buying their music online, getting their merchandise, uh, sharing their music online with your friends, or just letting them uh, crash at your place when they're playing in town. That's always a good thing to do, and it doesn't cost you much. This is Katie Presley, and you're listening to WNC Original Music. Listen to it once every day, and it will keep the doctor away. <laughs> I I play solo and with the band. So I'll, I'll do tours that are just solo tours. Um, and I will also do tours where I bring at least three other people with me. Sometimes I'll have a, a couple more. When I play in New York City, uh, you know, there's no telling how many people are going to be in my band because that's where I live, and I know a bunch of people there. Um, 
but usually you're going to see me playing solo or with three other people. And when I play with the band, I call that band the bottom line. So with the band, it's called Kevin Daniel and the bottom line. And do you in turn, do you ever play in other people's bands, sit in with other bands a lot? Anybody regular? Yeah, occasionally, but yeah, nothing regular. I'm pretty focused on my own stuff right now. I mean, if the right opportunity came along and it was a really, really great experience for me i would definitely be open to it but i'm more interested in progressing my own career oh, okay and you're in uh costa rica right now is that is that musical related or are you kind of <laughs> no i'm just here on vacation yeah i'm a surfer oh, okay. as well so i've just been surfing hanging out although i was playing guitar on the beach today I was like, uh, when did that harmony come in? But I think it like had been there mm. for a while when I when I caught it, <laughs> which was which I, I thought was great because it wasn't overpowering. But it was is it? I don't know if it's all the way through the song. She's like, just really really good. She like came, we didn't even practice. She just came in. Actually, we did have one very small practice, one very short practice. But that's her name is Shannon Soderland, and uh, Name of Fame would not be the song it is without her. She's in a band called Punch the Sun. And I met her, we played a, a show in New York City on the same bill, and I did not know their band, but I was blown away by her voice. She also plays bass in the band, which is very cool. Uh, it's called Punch the Sun, you should check them out. And um, yeah, so I just asked her to come in and record with me, and she blew it away. She's on a few tunes, actually. I believe she's also on Jupiter. Um, and she, I had some harmonies, you know, that I had prepared for her, and I was like, yeah, this is what it should sound like. Um, but she really came at her with her own thing. And uh, and really made the harmonies her own, and she's really really good. And I was very very to have her 
very glad to have her on there. And that song is about, Name of Fame is my road song. It's about being on the road. And it's not really anything too deep, but the lyrics kind of speak for themselves. I'll never have a home, the highway's in my bones. Beneath the stage lights is where I shine, putting heavy on the gas, uh, put the last town in my past, do it all in the name of fame. So, you know, just the idea that I'm willing to travel and just do all that, just to like have a little bit of fame, have a little bit of success, a little bit of recognition. I have been touring heavily over the last two years, and so this song, it's not, like I said, it's not that deep, but Name of Fame does touch on the fact that my life is kind of a series of bartenders that I connect with over the course of a few hours. You know, um, one day I'd love to be out of my van and in an actual tour bus, <laughs> uh, you know, and just like, you know, just meeting women and meeting people and just having crazy times. and. It's not all fun. You know, it's really hard. It can be really emotional sometimes. It can be really lonely yeah, sometimes yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, Name of Fame is, you know, it's also, it's a bluegrass tune, so it's an homage to uh, my my uh, life in North Carolina growing up. I played in a bluegrass band in New York for a few years before I ever uh, took up my own stuff. So bluegrass is a huge part of my life. Um, it's one of my favorite genres, and uh, I'm fairly knowledgeable about it. I know a lot of bluegrass tunes, and... I love it.
That's, that's Anthony Cruzan, that's Anthony again, and he is a slide guitar master. Um, yeah, that's, I would say that is his, his best guitar talent, is playing slide guitar. Maybe he's got some other stuff, but he is just such an insane slide player. He, he really helped me write that song. Um, the, I mean, I wrote 98% of the song, mm -hmm. and then he changed 2% of it, and then it made the song so much better. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he, he changed some of the structure. He changed the whole feel of it. He slowed it. I was playing it like five times as fast as we recorded on the album. He slowed it way, way down. And Pour Me a Drink, is it was sort of my uh, trying to write outside my comfort zone a little bit. I was trying to write a song that I basically was like, I'm going to write a song that I would walk into a bar and I could see people singing this song together at a bar, you know, like loudly over yeah. the jukebox or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and I did a, a fairly disorganized music video for this that ended up being totally different than why I thought it was going to be. But there is a music video for this. Um, and yeah, Pour Me a Drink, it's just about walking into a bar seeing somebody that you used to be with in some sort of way and sort of just uh, really wishing they weren't there <laughs> you know one of the lines is get her out of here i got too much to fear every second she stays is another day that i must live in that year so it's like oh no this person's gonna talk shit about me or this person's just even their presence is making me remember all this bad stuff um so pour me a drink uh, as sweet as the sunset, as sweet as the day you were born, you know, to sort of like make this better for mm. me. Um, yeah, and it's it's a real good song. It It's a hard song for me to play live because it is so slow. Oh. And I really like my songs. I really like my shows to be like upbeat and really like energetic and quick. And this really slows it all down. But when we do play it, people love it. Um, I'm just not as enthusiastic about playing it live as people probably are to hear it live. Mm hmm. Just because it is so slow, it's hard to. You find yeah, yourself, it's just you, slow. It just slows everything down. And especially if you started, if you wrote it fast, do you find yourself speeding it up while you're playing it or wanting to? Oh, speed it's up? it's like one of those songs that is so slow. Pour me a drink is so slow yeah. that like I naturally speed it up. Thankfully, I have some really good rhythm, a really good rhythm section, yeah. and they keep me on. They pull you back. They keep me in check. Not that the, not that the lyrics are predictable, but. When uh, during the like the chorus, the refrain, the and probably because you slow you wrote it fast and slowed it down, you can kind of join along word by word, like 
you know, you hear pour me a, you know, it's going to be drink right. and, you know, it's going to be repetition. Right. Uh, so I would assume that you might have people singing along with it that have never heard it. But by the end of the song, they're they're kind of singing along. Yeah, it's kind of funny, actually, when you go to shows. I notice this a lot. This happens at almost every show where people who have never heard your music are like singing along to the words and they're sort of figuring it out as they go. And I always love that when that happens. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's cool. Next time I come back, they'll know the words. Yeah. They'll be singing along and also wearing your t-shirts. Exactly. It's the things I don't see that hurt me the most. 
sort of the same thing with pour me a drink things i don't see is another tune that i'm sometimes a little hesitant to play live because it is a little bit slower it does slow things down but i i just think it's a really good song so that song things i don't see was recorded up at um what was it called old soul studio in catskill new york with uh, a producer named kenny siegel he owns the studio and he produced uh three of the tracks he produced things i don't see produced Xanax, Cocaine, and Whiskey, and he produced Used to Be. And he is uh, the producer, or one of the... He works a lot with this guy, Langhorn Slim. Oh, yeah. Do you know Langhorn Slim? Yeah. Yeah, so Langhorn Slim is, like, one of my favorite artists. And I know him through a few connections, and ultimately I got connected to, to Kenny, and we chose three songs to work on together. And my backing band for this song was The Restless Age, which is a band out of Hudson, New York. And the guitar player on this song is John Ledow, who plays guitar with the National Reserve, which is a great Americana country rock band out of Brooklyn. And um, yeah, this, I just think this song is amazing. John Ledow came up with that little like guitar like intro like on the spot. It was the first thing he played. And I was like, yo, that's it. We're keeping it. That's it. It was amazing. So it's like the do Like he just came up with that right off the bat. And I really love I really love that line in there, that little guitar like at the beginning. I also really love I think that's a piano solo in there that is really really good, and I also really like the harmonies on that. So the guys from the Restless Age added harmonies to that song, and it's oh man the harmonies are just so good. The outro harmonies are just beautiful, and that is the title track of the album. So in my opinion, that is like that is like the most important song on the album to me uh that and used to be i think are are the most like emotionally charged songs for me things i don't see was written about essentially it's the things that you don't see that hurt you the most so it's it's what you don't know about an ex-lover you know what are they doing now what is going on with them now you always imagine the worst right you just imagine the worst possible scenario so my my parents when they died in a plane crash like they had you know, probably five or ten minutes, I don't know the exact amount of time, where they basically were like, knew that they were going to crash. And that is sort of incomprehensible for me to think about that. But so my mind sort of always wonders, like, what was going through their mind? You know, what were they thinking about? What was going through their minds in, in those minutes that they were, like, plummeting to their death? And... I just imagine the worst, you know? It's the things I don't see that hurt me the most. I don't know anything about that that experience for them, and no one ever will. Um, you know, what really happened that night? Why did you end up in flight? I'm going to sleep with my head at your feet, refusing to turn out the light. Just, like, I'll never stop thinking about it, you know? It, it's not something that I 
can have any sort of uh, consulate or any um, I can't make peace with it you know it's yeah. just I can make peace with the fact that it's always gonna nag at me it's more about just the thoughts you know you just don't know what was going through their minds and I definitely think about my parents every time I play a concert because ultimately it was their their death that led me to become a full-time musician I think it maybe would have happened but I'm not 100% sure it would have yeah. ever happened if they didn't if there if that tragedy didn't sort of shake me to my core um, yeah, I, I think about them every time I play. I've like teared up on stage playing that song before. Yeah. Last night I said things I'm sure I now regret. Your father's bourbon, a couple of words, and you're upset. the door It's too early to apologize It's wrong I know Let me get there on my own Bad and dirty Your post 30 doesn't help Verbal dancing Romances doesn't sell Close the door It's too early to apologize I was wrong, I know Let me get there on my own It starts off just, I think it just starts off with you, maybe you and guitar, maybe one other instrument. But even when other instruments and the harmony comes in, it's still like, I think at its most uh, most produced, it's still less produced than any other part of any other song on the album. Yeah, and uh, the reason for that is because we used one microphone. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, uh, we all stood around a microphone, uh, bluegrass style. We used, we used an old 1950s RCA box mic that... Uh, that Ben had, and it was me, Shannon was on that song, um, there was a bass player, a fiddle player, fiddle player is one of the best fiddle players in New York City, and uh, yeah, they, had, they we just sat around and recorded the song, and um, so it, it sounds a little tinny, it sounds a little sparse, and that was really what we were going for, and there's a couple songs like that. Because my last album, Myself Through You, was uber produced, overly produced, because I really wanted it to be just mass commercially, you know, like appealing. And I think some of it worked. I mean, my most popular song to date is still Myself Through You. Um, and I wanted to move away from that a little bit for this record. And so there were a few songs that I really did want to just have it be a little bit more raw, a little bit more maybe like you're sitting there listening to it live and less... Uh, that you can tell that there's a lot of production going on. In yeah. time, it's sort of just a story, you know, it's about, it's, it's for me, it's directly written about a time when I got too drunk at an ex's house during the holidays. We got in a fight, and I really wanted to apologize, but I was, like, too ashamed. <laughs> and I just, like, sat there in the morning, like, sitting in bed, staring at the ceiling, being like, damn, I'm an asshole. <laughs> and, uh... And ultimately, I think I did apologize, but that's sort of where the song came from. You know, like, isn't it time to rise? Last night I said things I'm sure I now regret. Um, 
you know? So it's sort of like, oh God, as soon as I get out of bed, that means that I have to deal with the stupidness that I did last night. Um, yeah, and I just think it's a fun song. I think it's got a funky little rhythm to it. It's got an upright bass, which is one of my favorite instruments. And I think, yeah, Shannon again. Shannon Soderlund from Punch the Sun kills it on that song. It is my most personal song. This, the, 
things things I don't see is more about you know my parents. Um, time or used to be is is about me. Um, I really tried to. Fo- I'm always working on my songwriting, and I still I still think I have a ways to go. But um, I this the song is about used to be is about reflecting on who you are now as opposed to who you used to be as a younger version of yourself, and really recognizing that the person you are now is a is better. Um, it's a better version of you. It's a more full version. It's a more complete version. Even it's a more, even if it's a more battered and bruised version, and even if it's a little bit more war torn, um, it is a better version of you. So, this song is, you know, I. It's just <laughs> even talking about it makes me a little bit emotional. It's, it's this life. Life. My life has. My life has been both really privileged and both really, really tough. Um, you know, I, I came from a wealthy family and uh, my dad worked really really hard as a doctor and made a lot of money and our lives were very comfortable for that but at the same time him and my mom went through a pretty nasty divorce and um, that really really affected me growing up and you know and then I, I've struggled with addiction my whole life and also you know I've you know got clinical depression which I'm also open uh, to talking about and then you know this whole thing happened with my my mom and my stepdad when they passed away on their plane and I just think that the song sort of tries to speak to some of the things that I've been through. Um, what people think I no longer care, grew my beard, or inked my skin, grew my beard, my hair. Would my mama rest in peace know who I am? Her only boy, or her baby boy, a lawless broken man. And it's just, uh, you know, I am who I am. I, I had... I have done a lot of stupid things since my parents passed away. Um, I have done a lot of things to try and cover the grief. I have done a lot of things to fill the void. I have done a lot of things to, uh, that were not in my best interest, but in the short term, I thought they were. And sometimes I, I wonder if my mom would be disappointed in the things I've done and be disappointed in the person I am. And I, I don't think she would be. I think she'd be really, really proud of the fact that I'm a musician. I think she'd be really proud of the fact that I work so hard at what I do. Well, you're you're ahead of that um, way and before I know, she passed away, right? Before she died. I had been playing music, but I, w- I was a full-time copywriter at a marketing firm, and I just oh. wasn't sure. You know, I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. Um, I'd always played music; it'd been a huge part of my life, but never had I gone full-time. So it took a few years after they died to, to for me to commit to going to it full-time. But I do think. I do think that she would be proud of me, and I do think that this song, so the music video for this song actually features original uh, home footage that my dad shot when we were really, really young. And so a lot of the footage is really old grainy footage of me and my mom when I was a baby, and cut with modern day footage of me at Rockaway Beach with my two dogs in New York City, um, which is one of like the places in New York that I connect with the most. And yeah, it's a very meaningful song for me. It's 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 my favorite song to play live. Um, I just think it. I also just think it rocks. I think it's just a rocking song. Xanax, cocaine, and whiskey are the things that I like. When you put them together, you forget the whole night. Bars like.
And then uh, Xanax, cocaine, and whiskey, uh, that's your children's song, obviously. That's my children's song. <laughs> yeah, people, I get mixed reviews from Xanax, cocaine, and whiskey. Um, some people really, really love it. Um, and some people you can see are like visibly disturbed by the fact that I'm like playfully singing about my own drug addictions. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I, I, I actually wrote that song while I was surfing in Nicaragua a year or two ago because I was just bored. Like it wasn't even like I was waiting for waves sitting on my surfboard and I just had this melody in my head and I was like, what if I just make like a stupid song about drugs? So it wasn't really so much supposed to be about like my own drug addiction as much as just like a funny bar song that I thought would be fun and funny to play. And in my heart of hearts, I really want to write absolute and like my style of humor and the way that I talk in real life, if I'm not being recorded for a podcast oh. is absolutely filthy and extremely offensive to everyone and everything. Oh, you could have let that go um, here. Yeah. So could've. we'll start over and we'll do a version, <laughs> a version like that. All right, we'll do the X-rated version. Um, and so this is like, this is sort of like my steering towards that. I mean, I have some other songs that I've written that I'll never record that we sometimes play live. There's a song about being so in love with somebody that you're willing to watch them poop or like, uh, like, and then, you know, there's Xanax, cocaine, and whiskey. Um, and it's a fun song. I mean, look, honestly, I played this song at, at bars and people have dropped Xanax into my pocket. Uh -huh. People have dropped yeah bags of cocaine into my pocket people have dropped most time people drop loose nugs of weed in my pocket oh. and sometimes i don't even know right. and so i don't even know what's happened and i'll come home and i'll be like what is in my pocket and there's this like all this like crushed up weed in my pocket and i'm like what the hell yeah. um but that song i think is really really fun i was actually surprised that kenny wanted to record that song considering the content that was one of the three we did at old sound uh -huh. but i mean those guys from uh those guys from uh, the Restless Age really killed it. I really love the organ on that. It sounds sort of like an old-style carnival, you know? Um, and I think that's what we were going for, just a little bit raucous. But, yeah, Xanax, Cocaine, and Whiskey. It's a great song. <laughs> Thanks so much to Kevin for being on the show. Again, you can find him at thekevindaniel.com or facebook.com slash thekevindaniel. Make sure to go to his website to see his upcoming shows. He's got a few coming up in North Carolina and Tennessee and all over the Southeast, including in Asheville at Isis Music Hall and in Charlotte at the Evening Muse, uh, the middle of the month, uh, the 15th and the 16th, Charlotte the 15th, Asheville the 16th. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, WNC Original Music, wherever you get your podcast and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube for extras, including uh, longer and shorter videos and some other extras from the podcast. I don't know if you can tell, but my voice is about fried, uh, probably from all the holiday screaming. So that's going to be it for now. Have a good week. I'm sorry we can't use these covers for the goddamn podcast, but let's have some fun.